0: Taylor. I'm Tressa. And, and we are, are not amused. Today, we are going to be talking about serial killers. From the UK. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> A completely original concept. No one's ever done it. From our, our podcast.
0: <laughs> Brand You're new. You're welcome. <laughs>
1: okay. So our tea. Mm-hmm. I, just,
0: I mean, there's not, we don't know who
1: the other one is yes, talking about. Is a complete surprise,
0: so and we, can't
1: we made sure we didn't pick the same one, but we don't know what each other's doing, so right. Okay, so what are you drinking tonight, Taylor? Tonight, <laughs> I am
0: drinking is it Tazo? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I got that tea for free, so T A Z O. I've seen the sure. brand before, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's Tazo, um, sweet cinnamon spice an herbal infusion swirling with warm, sweet cinnamon and spicy star
1: anise. It sure smells spicy. So, we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I am drinking... I ripped the label off in a really bad spot. I was pretty sure it's yogi tea. Yeah, it is. It says on the back it's yogi tea. And I'm just doing the lemon ginger for healthy digestion because we just had indian food so i'm feeling a little heavy <laughs> so this is much needed um yeah it's very basic it's just ginger root lemongrass lemon flavor some licorice root apparently lemon peel peppermint black pepper and citric acid so that's your basic yogi tea lemon ginger have you had it before I have had lemon ginger tea, okay, but I don't believe I've had the yogi, so this is sort of new to me. Yeah. There you go. So we'll see how this brand holds up. All right. Look at us, just getting through it. Man, we're really nailing this now. If only the (laughs) outros would go this smoothly. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it will. Maybe it will when we decide to actually record one. Ahead of time. Yeah. Ha ha ha. ha, ha,
0: ha. <laughs> okay. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go
1: first? I will love to go first. Because <laughs> I'm tired.
0: Well, you have to be awake for mine.
1: I will be. I'm just saying I won't have to like work as hard, you know? Oh thanks. <laughs> I'll just be listening to you. That's fine, I don't here don't you feel like, you know, listening is less work than talking? I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that fine? You're good with- It's fine. You're sure? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You also have the longer ones, <laughs> so. <laughs> like, maybe it's going to be a good thing. Well, I, I was, quote unquote, assigned- This is how we split it up so we knew we wouldn't <laughs> do the same person. Right. Taylor was going to do a serial killer from England- and I was either going to find one who is Scottish or Welsh. Um, and doing research, I did find... Uh, well, I was reminded about this TV show that <laughs> that David Tennant did where he played Dennis Nielsen? Nielsen? I don't know. Um, and I thought really thought about doing him because David Tennant plays him mm-hmm. in a show. Which, I'd say we just cover the show instead. I decided against doing him because, although he is Scottish, the murders, none of them took place in Scotland. So Mm. I was like, eh. So I found a serial killer who, all of the murders that are confirmed, took place in Scotland. So, haha, I am doing (laughs) Peter Manuel. Okay. Also known as the Beast of Birkinshaw. Ooh. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, just start at the top with my sources. I used his Wikipedia. Obviously, that's an easy one. Um, there is a disclaimer at the top of the article that says it needs better citations, so... Not 100% <laughs> sure of the accuracy f- of all of this. Yeah. I did find at times that the timeline was a little funky, or there were just, like, these mi- weird missing details. So, I had another source which is the police museum uh, in Glasgow is their website and it was just a page about his case that I used as well
0: okay. to just
1: confirm and add in a little a few more details so that was a really really helpful and also I really want to go to this museum now. <laughs> Seems really cool. All right so add it to our list. Add it to the list. Exactly. <laughs> okay cool. So those are just I just had those two sources. So Peter Manuel was born March thirteenth, nineteen twenty-seven, in <laughs> drumroll, please, New York City. Wow, two Scottish parents. Okay, both Scottish. <laughs> um, they migrated back to Scotland in nineteen thirty-two. He was three years old. Right. So he doesn't. He's Scottish in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really didn't grow up in New York at all. He just happened to be born there. So, uh, he was apparently bullied as a child. And I wrote down Boohoo because he's a murderer. So it's like, I don't really feel that bad for you. Um, by age 10, he was known to the local police as a petty thief. And his very first crime ever was breaking into a church and stealing the offering money. Oh, nice. So, classic. He's 10. <laughs> and then at 15, he attacked a sleeping woman with a hammer. After breaking into her house, he just decided to attack her after stealing her things. Hmm. And it just gets worse after this. uh, When he was 16, he sexually assaulted three women, one of whom was pregnant at the time. Uh, He was caught and he served nine years in prison for this. And they let him go. And I couldn't find any reason why. I guess it was just like, you know, that was the sentence for rape and... Or like I guess he's fine now. He's learned his Spoiler lesson. Spoiler alert, he's not fine. <laughs> <laughs> um nineteen fifty-five, skipping ahead quite a bit till you know, he's out of prison now. Uh he was twenty-eight and he was arrested for rape again. But he decided to represent himself in court like a lot of crazy criminals do, and somehow he won that case and he got himself acquitted of those charges. Wow. I personally think he did it, you know, but right. it's fine with this history and everything. Um, so just a year later, he escalated to murder. Um, all of his victims were killed in or nearby Lenarkshire. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's a region in like central Scotland. And that's where every murder took place. Um, the ones we can confirm anyway. Right. So the first victim was uh in January of 1956. Her name was Anne Neilan's. I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to say that the K at the beginning is okay. silent. <laughs> it's like K N E, yeah, whatever. Yeah. She was only 17. So it was especially sad and tragic. Um she was on a golf course and he stalked her and then he raped her and beat her to death with an iron. Like a golf iron. Hmm. Um he was never in fact convicted of this crime because of insufficient evidence, but he confessed to it and I believe led the police to her body. So like Oh. Well. He did it. Yeah. Yeah. But um it just they weren't able there wasn't enough like forensic evidence, I guess, to convict him. So anyway, that was his first victim in nineteen fifty six. Uh, in January, and then same year, September 1956, he broke into the house of Marion, Vivian, and Margaret Watt. Marion was is Margaret's sister, and Vivian is Marion's daughter. So Margaret is Vivian's aunt. Right? Okay. Okay. So we're all related. Let's see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Peter broke into the house, shot all of them to death. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, Marion's husband, Will, was the prime subje- subject. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. He was the prime suspect in the case, which kind of makes sense, considering, you know, he was uh, gone at the time. He, You know, he survived. He wasn't oh, there. Yeah. So, like... Of course they're not going to suspect him, right? And that's who they always look at first yes. anyway. Yeah, it's always, like, the husband. Let's look at the yeah. husband. Um So the guy was just on a fishing trip when the murders <laughs> happened. Um And I, I just feel so bad for him because he remained a suspect until um, two years later when the, another family in town was murdered in a similar way. We'll get to that. Okay. But... He, for two years, basically, he was, like, the prime suspect in the murder, and he just lost his daughter and wife. And I don't know if it was his sister, or... I guess it was his sister-in-law. Yeah, either he his sister lost. or like, his sister-in-law. Yeah, I guess it would be his sister-in-law. But... His wife and his daughter, you yeah. know? And he is, like, <laughs> grieving, but also, like, being interrogated by the police and investigated. Sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was the second... Murders and then the third victim. I'm not convinced this was a real, really a victim of Peter. So December 1957, a taxi driver named Sidney Dunn, who's 36, is found. Um, he it. This murder did not happen in Scotland, like all of the other murders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the evidence is minimal, so. What they had was Peter was in Newcastle where the body was found two days before the murder for a job interview. Like they could confirm that. The second piece of evidence was a button from a jacket Peter owned was found in Sydney's taxi cab.
0: That's it. And it was for sure
1: from his jacket. Apparently, his jacket was missing a button. Oh. But I'm like, that's that's it. That's it. And also the fact that like this the murder itself like just doesn't match you'll kind of see a pattern with the others but like it Uh just it's just weird it's like doesn't seem like enough he also didn't confess to it but he admitted to all of his other murders Uh so like why would he at that point why would you lie i don't know right so personally i'm not sure he did it and i think the case is unsolved which is a shame for this guy and his family you know So, uh, it does, it did say on Wikipedia his guilt about this murder is in question. Mm. They just think, like, based on Peter's history and the button, (laughs) the missing button, that he did it. So, I'm like, "Mm, okay. So, that is supposedly his third murder. I don't know if I buy it. Moving on. The fourth murder, also December 1957. It was a young girl named Isabel Cook. Also 17 at the time. She was the other girl. The first murder, she mm-hmm. was 17. Right. Um, he stalked her, just like the first girl, when she left her school to go to a dance and then raped her and strangled her to death. Um, he would later lead police to her burial site. So we are 100% certain that he committed this murder. Yeah.
0: Did it say how old the daughter was of the mother-aunt-daughter
1: oh yeah so the watt family the daughter vivian was 16 hmm. so i know right <laughs> i know yeah. it seems like there's a pattern going on here right mm-hmm. and i couldn't find anything about like if there was like sexual assault involved but i also wasn't going out of my way to look for that because i was like mm. <laughs> I, don't <wanna> <laughs> I don't want to know i don't want to know that i kind of feel like there probably was, you know? Right. Just based on his pattern. Um, but, yeah, I don't... I don't know how much I want to know. So, anywho. Um, the last... His last murder, as far as we know, was in January 1958. And this was another family. He broke into their house and shot them all. Sound familiar? Right? mm mm-hmm. um, The police... Saw this murder also happening, you know, nearby to the Watt murder, and they kind of connected the dots, and they were like, this is super similar to what happened. Yeah. And we're talking about um, a father and a mother, and this time it was a son, mm. their 10-year-old son. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Right? But still a family of three people shot to death with their house broken into, Right. Similar area. So, they saw this kind of pattern, and they were finally able to clear Will Watt of suspicion of killing his, his own wife and daughter. mm mm-hmm. um, So, Peter, after murdering this family, stayed in their house for a week. hmm Ate their food. Mm. You know, just, like, casually lived there with the bodies. It's crazy. And get this, he uh, took care of their cat. He fed their cat. You Aww. know. That was nice of him. The only redeeming quality of this <laughs> trash, garbage <laughs> human, yeah. He took care of a cat. Yeah. Um, before he left, he stole some banknotes that were just withdrawn by the husband, which is important. And he stole their car, and then dumped it at some point. Uh, I don't why. I don't really know why you'd steal it, but I guess maybe to avoid getting captured. I just don't know why he stole it in the first place. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Clearly, he got off on, like, breaking into people's homes and stealing their things. Because right. he was really big into that, too. As we know, he was, like, 10 years old when he first stole something. So right. Um, the crazy thing about the car is that while they were still investigating Isabel's murder, which happened, which was the second young girl mm-hmm. that he stalked and killed... Um, She was killed December of 1957, and the Smart family was killed in January 1958, so like a month later. So at this point, he's he had the Smart's car. Mm-hmm. And apparently he gave a ride to a police officer who was investigating Isabel's murder. Blech. He was like, here, I'll help. They always do. I know. And apparently the police suspected him. They just didn't have enough at that point to, like, arrest him. But, like, he actually gave a police officer a ride. And he he was, like, saying, you're not looking in the right place for her, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and also, it's just, it's so classic serial killer. Because there's so many of them that seem like, they're like, but you don't see my work. Like, I'm you not don't gonna... recognize
0: that it's me. Yeah, like give, give me, me credit.
1: Yeah. It's, ugh, it's so gross. Like the gall. I can't. Um, so police could only prove that Peter killed this the smart family after he was caught spending the banknotes he stole. Hmm. So I don't know how all that works, but apparently the money was like marked and they knew it came straight from the bank because it was brand new money. And so they knew the only person who had it out in circulation was the father of this family, who was now dead. So they were like, it has to be, like, how else would Peter have his money? That's weird to me. Yeah, I didn't really realize, like, that was possible.
0: Is that how many works?
1: I guess.
0: I feel like when I dig money out, it's been in the hands of multiple people before me but this was
1: like brand new printed money that's the thing so the bank literally said we just printed these bills we just got these bills from i don't know what it is they're like here we have the federal federal reserve you know was it large bills (laughs) i don't know i was just thinking if it was money you know hundreds or something yeah those like like fresh hundred dollar bills yeah yeah i don't know I don't know. I doubt it, though, because he was caught, like, spending the money at a pub. So, like oh. How much would... Maybe he was buying drinks for the whole pub. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> so. Hmm. Anyway, he was caught spending... I think that what happened, though, was the police were already like, this fucking guy, you know? Right. And were probably already keeping an eye on him. Yeah. And so somebody was probably... He just got caught because people they were looking already. It's not like... Just anyone would be caught doing that, spending quote-unquote someone else's money under normal circumstances. You have to be looking for something like that. So, okay. On January 14th, 1958, police officially arrested Peter, formally charging him with the murder of the Smart family. And apparently there was another charge on there about breaking and entering another home. Totally separate, but he did it. Classic. Classic. Um, I couldn't find, like, anything that really confirmed this, but I'm pretty sure Peter was still living with his parents at this point. Oh. Um, he was fairly young. He was, like, late 20s. Oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, still living with his parents. The police searched Peter's parents' home (laughs) for items that were stolen uh, from the break-in. Right? And they did find many of those items. However, they were in Peter's father's room. Oh, nice. So Peter's father, Sam, was arrested. Or Samuel, I guess. Um, After learning about his father being arrested, Peter, who was in jail uh, at that point, not, you know, convicted, but in jail. Yeah. uh, He requested a meeting with the lead inspector and then he made a deal that was basically like, if you let my father go, I... Have information for you, mm-hmm. and I can solve some murders for you. You huh. know, yeah. And they were like, okay, right, <laughs> deal. So it let his father go, and then he confessed to eight murders, which were the murder of Anne lads thats what I'm going to say her name is. So the first murder, the 17-year-old, and then the Watt family murder, mm-hmm. and then the murder of Isabel Cook. Also the young 17-year-old. Another 17-year-old. And then the right. smart family murder. So, um, basically, two young girls and two families. Yeah. And so he'd never confessed to the taxi driver murder. Hmm. And it, again, it doesn't fall in his pattern. So, I'm not convinced. Um. But yeah, he confesses to those eight murders. And then he agrees to take the police to Isabel's burial spot. And then he went on to confess Aunt, to killing Anne as well. Um. So, he basically just gave it all up at that point Mm -hmm. he was like on a roll (laughs) i was like yep this is everything i did (sighs) so i guess the trial was kind of like a press sensation you know the media was all over it um mostly because the trial was kind of a hot mess because peter kept firing his lawyers he'd get a new one and then he'd fire him and he'd be like, I'm going to represent myself. And then he'd do that for, like, a minute. And then he would hire someone else, fire them, represent himself. I mean, just oh a loose cannon. Like, oh you know. Um, so, I was like, classic serial killer move. Um, he also had some really wild claims. So, he's being charged with the murder, just the murder of the Smart family at this point, mm-hmm. And that one break-in. Because they aren't able to, even though he confessed to the first murder, they're not able to find enough evidence. I don't know why he also isn't being charged with the murder of Isabel Cook since he led them to her body. Right. I don't know. Couldn't find any info on that either. Hmm. Um, but he had these claims about the Smart family. He was like, it was a murder-suicide by Peter, you know? Like, he, he okay, so... Just to clarify, Peter Manuel is a different person than Peter Smart. I mean, I figure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is two Peters, it's confusing. Um, but yeah, he was like, it was a murder-suicide. I didn't have anything to do with it, you know? The dad was unstable. Right. Um, and then, after they were like, no, that's we can disprove that he was like well you know the reason that i had peter's money was because i was a good family friend and so i had a key to their house and you know i was able why would i have broken in when i'm able to get in anyway and he lent me money no 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 no. he had all these crazy claims and they were like no you weren't (laughs) no you weren't like no one who knew them knew you like no false right (sighs) so um on top of that whole mess in court there were some newspapers that just, like, stirred the fire because they claimed he was responsible for a bunch of other unsolved murders in the area, but none of those have been proven. It was just a classic case of the press trying to capitalize on a story, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and get more airtime, all that bullshit. Right. So, anyway, big media frenzy. So, finally, uh, on July 11th, 1958, Peter was hanged. By an executioner named Harry Allen, who has his own Wikipedia page. So he was apparently a really important executioner. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of thrown by that. Anyway, he was one of the last people to ever be killed, like, executed by the state or the country, whatever, for a crime Mm -hmm. in Scotland. Um, It's... He's commonly mistaken for the last person to be executed, but he wasn't. He was the third to last. There were two guys after mm. him. Um, the last guy was in 1963, and that was the last time Scotland has ever used, I guess, the death penalty. Wow. Yeah. Right? Right? Crazy. Okay. So, that is the story of the Beast of Birkenshaw, Peter Manuel. How did he kill the 17-year-olds? Um, let's see. Anne, he stalked her and then raped her and beat her to death with a golf. Oh, armor. right, right. <laughs> and then the other 17-year-old was Isabel Cook. He stalked her as well, and then he raped and strangled her. So.
0: And he was never charged with the woman he beat with a hammer.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, the one, that, like, age 16. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. So he really doesn't have, like, a set way of no, killing people. not really. It just seems to me like there's, except for the taxi driver, I feel like that should just be thrown out, personally. <laughs> but it's like, it's women, and it's like, violent, it's not like a quick death, it's like a violent, you know. Yeah. Angry death. It's like strangling or beating, basically. Didn't he shoot the families, though? Yeah, but I mean, there's... I guess
0: I don't know where he shot them.
1: I don't either. I didn't so look that I... far into the... Yeah. I mean, there's only so far I want to go in, like, grisly details. That's fair. But, yeah. There's... I think... I, sh- I guess I shouldn't... I shouldn't say... I'm, I'm over here thinking he probably has assaulted the women in the home you know, when he broke in, or, you know, just after breaking in, before shooting them, maybe yeah. after, who knows, right? Because he was clearly sick <laughs> right. and would do that, so. I'm not convinced there wasn't something inappropriate going on there right. before he decided to kill them. Hmm. Probably sure. I just know, like, it's like there's there's the two young girls whose death's Sort of match each other. Yeah. And then there's like the two families who were like break in right. murders yeah. who yeah. also match each other. Yeah. So, and he was very clearly there was enough evidence to convict him for the smart one. So I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I don't know. It seems like the police were able to put it together and get him convicted and put to death. So, he was trash. Well, most star.
0: Hmm? most are most most serial killers most are, are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i guess that's a good seems point seems to be point.
0: a common theme okay so i'm going to be talking about <laughs> bruce george peter lee
1: wow is that five people <laughs> because
0: no it's one person have
1: bruce and george and peter and lee yeah that's four but <laughs> <laughs> No, it's one person. No, that's too many first names, I don't like it.
0: It's okay. I just refer to him by his last name.
1: I already don't trust him though.
0: <laughs> okay. So originally I was gonna start this out with a question, which I still can, but as I did more research I felt like it became very apparent what the answer is. But yeah. um I mean there's no I'm trying to like hold back what he did, but it's hard to, we just have to get into it. Okay. Okay. So, do you know the difference (laughs) between an arsonist and a pyromaniac? Oh. I didn't,
1: so it's okay. I mean, I guess an arsonist literally sets fire to, like, things. Like, buildings and places and, I don't know, and then a pyromaniac just likes fire. It's like, not necessarily is gonna be, like, going and setting fires, they just like it.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) what I found was a pyromaniac is, it's like a a mental condition, or like a Mm. mental health condition. So, it's someone who is unable to resist starting fires, even though they know they're harmful. Um, It's said to be like the only way they can relieve built-up anxiety, tension, or sometimes arousal. What? (laughs) That's (laughs) for people who have this condition.
1: Well, that's. An interesting detail,
0: right? So, I had two sources for this, and I started with one which was Murderpedia, mm-hmm. and then I found a YouTube video, um, which was Serial Killer Bruce Lee, the Twisted Arsonist documentary. So I started on Murderpedia, didn't quite make it through all of that, and then started watching the documentary, Mm -hmm. and then went back to Murderpedia to fill in the blanks and stuff. But Murderpedia referred to him in some sections as a pyromaniac. Uh Uh-huh. But as I was, like, reading through it, I was like, are you sure? (laughs) Because he sounds like an arsonist to me. Okay. Okay. But let's see what
1: you think. <laughs> okay, but an arsonist knows fires are bad and they just don't care and they set them anyway. Yeah. Kind of, that's like the big difference. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Got it. So, we're
0: going to start <laughs> in December 4th, 1979. Cool. Okay. Okay. So, we've got the Hasty family. They live in Hull. So, there's Mother Edith, the father who is in prison... Um, There's four brothers.
1: Wow. That's a lot of children.
0: Yes. So you don't have to worry about actually remembering all of
1: them. They're not Bruce and George. No.
0: (laughs) They're not. Well, there is one named Peter.
1: (laughs) But. So we
0: have Charles, who's 15. Paul, who's 12. Peter, who's 8. And Thomas, who's 9. We also have three sisters. Angelina, who's 16. Nicola, who's 11. And Sophie, who is 8. And also... (laughs) Peter's twin. Oh. But you also don't have to worry about the sisters, because they're not here this night of December 4th. They're staying with relatives. Okay. So it's just the mom and the sons. Okay. Mom and sons. And the sons. So fire breaks out, trapping Edith and her four sons. Charles, the oldest, the 15-year-old, he um, is the first one in the end to die from the fire. Oh. But before that happens, he pushes his mother out of an upstairs window to save her. It's a 15-foot drop onto concrete, but she only hurts her ankle, which is Whoa. pretty amazing. Um, But he can't get to his other brothers, Paul and Peter, who are in the same room. Um, and then, like, he can't get to them to save them in time. And then Thomas is in a back bedroom, so um, he's not with them. No. Um, so, Charles ends up dying the next day from his burns, yeah. um, and Paul and Peter are both taken to Penderfields Hospital in Wakefield, which is West Yorkshire, um, and Hole is in East Yorkshire. Okay. So the town they're from. And <laughs> um, that is the closest specialist burns unit mm. to them. Uh, Peter died two days after the fire, and Paul died seven days later, so nine days total after the fire
1: oh my gosh.
0: from his burns. And the mom is alive. Edith survives, and <sighs> Thomas survives, um, so she obviously survives from being pushed out the window. Thomas, the room he was in, that back room, mm-hmm. the flames just like didn't reach him mm-hmm. before he was rescued, so he was rescued with just minor injuries. Wow. The family dog was also killed during the fire. No!
1: You could have just left that detail <laughs> out, Taylor.
0: Um, So, no. when this story reaches the prison, the father's and he is released, like, immediately on apparently compassionate grounds. I didn't even know that was a thing. What? But I guess back then.
1: Does that mean, like, the family is, like, what does that mean?
0: I guess because he just lost three of his sons. And a fire. Wow. He can get out. I don't know.
1: I mean, I would I would think there would at least be, like, a leave of absence where you're, like, go. Right. Tend to whatever you need to tend to. But then
0: you're coming back.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I just think of it like work, you know? Yeah. Like, they're I, not mean,
0: gonna, I I definitely know. didn't look into it, like, research it, what
1: that meant, compassionate grounds. But maybe he asked to be discharged. <laughs> can I please leave? Yeah. And they were like, and I mean, that's just a valid reason. Right. Interesting.
0: So, the fire officers, when they're, like, investigating to see what happened, Mm -hmm. they noticed paraffin on the front porch, and so they called the police in. Um, The police began talking to the locals to try to figure out what happened, and were met by a town that didn't really seem to care about the deaths of the brothers. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. Although someone did say to them, there was like a lead, that they saw a younger boy standing in the street, like muttering to himself after Charles had died, like the next day, one down, four to go. What? (laughs) Okay. So it turns out the Hasty family was known as a problem family in this town, um, who had been responsible for petty crimes and vendettas. Including the boys had stoned elders. Oh! Um, they stole change from younger neighborhood kids. And Charles was actually, like, along for the ride on the crime that landed his father in prison.
1: Mm. hmm
0: Which was robbing, robbing a local sports complex. Robbering.
1: Robbering a <laughs> sports complex.
0: <laughs> so, once the police discovered this, like, how the town viewed the family... They began looking for someone who had maybe had an experience with them and was looking for revenge.
1: Oh, criminal cohort.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Something. Okay. So they questioned people for six months before Bruce Lee confessed to the crime. He explained that he had poured paraffin through the letterbox and set it on fire in hopes of seeking revenge on Charles, whom Lee had been in a relationship with. Um, he also confessed that Charles had threatened to go to the police since Charles was only 15 at the time that relations had taken place. And how
1: old was Bruce? He
0: was... Sorry. No, you're fine. He was 19.
1: Oh. Yeah. Big difference there.
0: Yeah. Well, when you're that age. Right. (laughs) So, Charles threatened to go to the police unless Lee gave him money. Oh. Um, but also Lee had other ties to the family. He was interested in... The sister Angelina. Oh, also? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And had <laughs> asked her out, like, multiple times. And she always said no. So it's like, I'm mad at you, Charles, for this. Which, <laughs> I don't know. So strange. Um, so during the questioning... Lee admits to starting nine more fatal fires over the last seven years, killing a total of 23 people, plus the three Hasty brothers, which brings his total to 26. Whoa,
1: holy shit. Yep. And he's 19 at this point? Yep. Oh, no. So. Okay, wait. Can we back up for a second? I had a question. Okay. Um, you said he lit something on fire and put it in their mailbox or something? Par- like the letter boxes and doors yep. yeah. yeah but wait what did he light on fire paraffin what is paraffin?
0: so paraffin is a flammable whitish translucent waxy solid <laughs> <laughs> okay is it a candle like I don't understand um, there's is. also like oils so maybe he was using paraffin oil okay. It's just, like, a highly flammable substance. Substance. Okay. Yeah. My guess is, actually, he was probably... They didn't specify oil, wax. Yeah. They just kept saying paraffin. Um, My guess would be he was... It seems like he'd probably be using, like, an oil. That seems easier to pour it into does. a letterbox. For sure. And then light on fire. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. All right. So, a little bit about Lee's history. Okay. So, his original name was Peter George Dinsdale. <laughs> and he was born what? July 31st, 1960 in Manchester. How come he use so many names? Well, we'll get to it. Okay. So he... There's, like... I, I found different things regarding his childhood. Uh-huh. It, all around, it wasn't great. Basically. Um, <laughs> but he was born with epilepsy, hmm. partial paralysis, and a deformed arm. His mother referred to him as a freak. When oh. She was raising him. No. Um. He lived with his grandmother until he was three years old. Um. I saw something that said he moved in with his mother and like her husband at that time until that relationship ended. Mm. I heard also that that didn't happen and he just like went straight to children's
1: homes. Oh. So, it's not a good life. It was rough. Beginning. It just sounds yeah. like really unstable. Yes. And he was not treated well, even when he was in uh, what should be a loving home. Right.
0: So by the age of nine, his love of fires had already started. One of the first fires he started um, caused up to, I think they said, 17,000 pounds or $30,000 worth of damage to a shopping center. (laughs) Um, He attended a school for the physically handicapped until he was sixteen. Um, where they said he was introduced to homosexuality, so I don't know if he just, was gay and just yeah. didn't like and finally accepted it. it. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really go into the details of any of that. That's such a weird way of saying
1: saying it. Introduced yeah. to homosexuality. Introduced to it. Like most people don't already know, right? Like instinctively. Yeah. Uh. So. He wasn't, like,
0: he wasn't the brightest. He had, like, some mental, I mean, minus starting fires, he, like, had some mental issues. And you'll see, like, through here, neighbors, you know, called him, like, half-wit and things like that. So, like, he wasn't, he didn't seem to be the brightest person. So.
1: Makes me wonder, too. Well, you might, you might get into this, but, like, did he understand with fire what, he was doing right fully, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he worked as a laborer and
0: was known as a loner around town. Mm. Um, throughout his teenage years, he started over 30 fires that are known, but others that were never reported or they said he forgot about, but it's like if you forgot about what? them, how are they known? <laughs> no, what? Um, 19 years old, he changed his name to Bruce Lee in honor. Of his favorite Kung Fu star.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> That's
0: kind of what I thought, actually. Yeah. But. So. I didn't think it would actually be a thing. <laughs> it was. Okay. All right. So. Back to the fires. Here's where we get into all the fires. Um. Pretty much all of the fires he started up to the Hasties fire. Mm-hmm. Um. Never brought about suspicion. They were just assumed accidents. Right. Um. Um. Mm-hmm. So, if he hadn't started that fire or been, like, careless... Because what happened was, you know, the fireman noticed paraffin on the front doorstep. And so, they called the police. And, like, if he'd been more careful with that, maybe they wouldn't have thought anything of it. And he would have been able to just keep going. Yeah. So, um, Mrs. Fenton, who was a local to the area, had been following the hasty case closely but she didn't recognize the name Bruce Lee when the police like reported that this sure. is who they had arrested. Um, she had been a victim of the, of a fire as well. One night after a neighbor had left, she had seen a shadowy figure outside her door who moved away after being spotted. Mm-hmm. Um, she even they said this part, and I was like, "And you didn't call the police?" She even thought <laughs> she had seen a hand poking through the letterbox. Mm, no. But no, believed it to be daft Peter and didn't think anything more of it than the harmless halfwit who lived in the neighborhood.
1: So, so Bruce Lee.
0: Yeah. Just not named this, Bruce Lee. Right. So she thought She didn't know him as Bruce Lee at this point. She still knew him as Peter. Uh, um. So she went to bed, but was awoken to neighbors yelling fire. She went to her seven-year-old daughter Samantha's room to save her, but... She was extremely pregnant at this time and couldn't find a way out of the house. So they had to huddle in a corner of the living room because of all the smoke. Um, Both survived, but had extreme burns and she lost the baby.
1: Oh no. Um,
0: The fire was blamed on the neighbor who had left, like that was visiting her earlier that night. um, Because they said that they dropped a cigarette in the driveway. I mean, no one was arrested from it, but, like, the blame was put on this neighbor.
1: That poor neighbor. Right. Imagine how guilty they felt. Yeah. For, like, years until yeah, it was made known what actually happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Ugh. So, it wasn't until Mrs. Fenton saw a picture of Lee that mm-hmm. she realized Lee and Peter were the same yeah. person. Um, so she phoned the police and informed them of her experience, and then when he was confronted about it and asked why he did it, he said, I just did it. I knew someone who didn't like her, and well, I just did it. Okay. When Unhelpful. Fur- right. <laughs> when pressed further, he said, I like fires.
1: <laughs>
0: so, so there you go. So those are kind of like two fires that were close together. Now sounds like a scary child, right?
1: I like guy like
0: fires. I like fires. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ooh. Now we're gonna go back to like the beginning of his fire timeline. Oh, God. <gasps> okay. So he admitted to basically he admitted like in in the questioning of the Hastings fire, he like admitted to all of these. Um. He said he started his first deadly fire at the age of 12, which was June 23rd, Gosh. 1973. He had... There was this kid named Richard Ellerington <laughs> that they went to the same um, handicap school. mm mm-hmm. um, Which I think... Apparently, I didn't write down here. If I remember correctly, Richard was like six. So, he's younger than Peter.
1: Yeah. By a lot.
0: Yeah. Um... His parents, like, we're at Richard's house. His parents were woken at 7 a.m. the next morning to a fire. They were able to save five of their six children, but Richard, they couldn't save him.
1: Yeah.
0: And then the next day, when it was, like, being discussed on the way to school, Peter, or, well, yeah, he's Peter this time. He is. Lee. <laughs> just, he just sat there and, like, listened to it. But he never said why he did it. Okay. Like, why he targeted Richard, or yeah. at least I couldn't find that. Right. So, the next fire was October 12th, 1973, so he's still, well, now he's 13. He's turned 13 this year. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so, this man was 72 years old, according to both articles, <laughs> but in one they referred to him as Arthur, and in the other one they called him Bernard. So, I don't know if he was, like, Arthur Bernard or Bernard Arthur, uh-huh. you know. Anyway, oh, yeah. he suffered from gangrene, so he, like, never really left <gasps> his house and didn't really leave his living room. So, this guy was already struggling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she- um, And Lee oh. was walking through with, which he had said, I think I forgot to mention this earlier, he told police that he would get, like, this tingling feeling in his fingers and that, he'd be like, I have to start a fire. Like, that was his, like, cue
1: to himself. Yeah, he to start a fire sounds like a pyromaniac. Sorry. I know we haven't, like, gotten to the no, end yet. But, like, I'm getting some vibes. <laughs> I like fires. Like. Yeah. And he can't pinpoint why he does these things. It's just, like, seems like it might be a little bit of, like, there's no impulse control here. Mm-hmm. He just does them. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. scary.
0: <laughs> Um, so he got this feeling in his fingers and came along Arthur's house which had a broken window so Lee climbed through it poured paraffin around the living room while Arthur slept and lit it on fire
1: and oh, he just happened to have some with him
0: yeah I mean he just kind of carries the stuff around with him at this point because he likes Ugh. fires so he wants to be able to start a fire whenever he wants I guess so <laughs> so by the time the fire rescue was able to get there Arthur was already dead um no the investigation concluded that a faulty paraffin heater was to blame Mm. so there you go Was that now (laughs) that's what they said um all right and now just a couple weeks later october 27th 1973 34 year old david brewer was stuck at home because he had like an injury so he wasn't able to go to work um 13 year old lee broke into the house Set the living room on fire and left. Um, One of them, the documentary said that this all happened while Brewer was in the bathroom. So when he came out, he found his living room on fire. His clothes caught fire. He ran out for help. But despite the help from a neighbor, he died from his burns. The Murderpedia article said that he had fallen asleep in the living room and woke to his clothes on fire, dying eight days later at the hospital. I mean, either way, he wow. died. So, from his clothes being on fire. Wow. <laughs> it said that Lee had been involved in an argument with Brewer and his son. Um, Lee threatened to kill Brewer's pigeons, so Brewer threatened to beat him if he did so. And <laughs> this argument was just a couple days before the fire. And then a couple weeks after the fire, the pigeons were found with their necks rung.
1: No! (laughs) There's so many animal deaths in this. I don't like it. I think
0: that's the last one.
1: My serial killer fed a cat.
0: Well, we don't have the same
1: serial killer. And your serial killer killed some innocent (laughs) pigeons and a dog. (laughs) So uh, <laughs> this
0: fire was blamed on drying clothes hanging in front of like the fireplace. Oh, okay. December 23rd, 1974. So we've gone just over a year. Um Elizabeth, who was an 82-year-old widow. Another old person who also suffered from poor eyesight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um She's in her house. Neighbors see smoke coming from her house, like, just after 10 p.m., Um, but she, at that point, had already died from smoke inhalation. Right. Okay. Um, This was blamed on a cigarette. She was smoking in bed, catching the sheets on fire, even though her family said she never smoked in bed. Mm-hmm. She was smarter than that. Yeah. So, then we skip about two years. So, June 3rd, 1976, Peter is 15 at this point, I think. Um, He's on a roll. (laughs) Right. The Edwards, just a couple, they were out for the evening, and the great-grandmother was watching their three kids at home. Um, She had just put the youngest, Andrew, to bed when she came down to see smoke, like, coming up from under the stairs. Uh, Andrew was unfortunately claimed by the fire and then his 5-year-old brother first claimed that he had started the fire by playing with matches but then later you know the family was like we don't just have matches in our house where mm-hmm. kids
1: can get to them yeah yeah
0: um so he later like he denied it but he was 5 he was 5 so okay, I don't yeah. even know why they were he like- didn't even he didn't know <laughs> you did it yeah because you're saying you did it yeah um, we eventually admitted, obviously, to this fire again, starting it with paraffin. That was kind of his choice. Sounds like he had a signature. Yeah. Or at least a powder. Right. Okay. So, now we're going to jump to January 2nd, 1977. So. Okay. We were, what, 1976 in the last one? Yeah. So, about half a year has gone by. Um... Lee broke into a house, dumped paraffin all over the living room floor, lit it on fire, and in doing so, killed Katrina Thacker, a six-month-old, in the process. Um, Again, arson was not suspected, as in all the other cases. Um, It was believed that a spark from the fireplace had caused the fire. Um, Lee was also in the crowd of onlookers as, like, the fire spread. Of course. And, um, the fact that, like, the fire spread so quickly due to the paraffin was, like, never addressed when they were investigating it. They weren't like, why is this fire spreading quicker than it normally would? Right. Um, it was later revealed that Lee had been a frequent visitor to the Thacker's pigeon loft it's okay (laughs) more pigeons though well some about it nothing happened to the pigeons um and he would overstay his welcome sometimes walking (laughs) just like into the thacker's house oh no um it was later reported that mr thacker had clipped lee on the ear just a few days before the fire like hidden i think so or like i don't know all the words i want to say sound harsh like it wasn't, like, a smack. I think it was, like... I mean, it wasn't a nice thing to do. Yeah. But it's not like he punched him. Yeah.
1: Or anything. It was just, like... It's like if you say something a little out of line and, like, your friend is, like, hey. Yeah. And just, like, kind of smacks your shoulder, like... Yeah. Gently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, you
0: know, he was just, like, tired of this kid just, like, walking into their house and, like, hanging out with his
1: pigeons. I mean, Yeah.
0: Little did he, did he know did he'd you? already killed a bunch of
1: bitches. <laughs> he knew. He had an instinct, and I like him. You should clip him <laughs> his both ears. <laughs> um.
0: So, this one is sad. I don't have a lot of information on it. It's a lot of people all at once, so I don't have, like, all of their names. Yeah. But if you go to Murderpedia article, it lists all their names out on there. But January 5th, 1977... Um Peter started a fire at a resting home, killing eleven <gasps> men and injuring six people. So
1: Okay. More old people. More old people. He you really just has something like against old people. Okay. Yeah.
0: Fuck him. Um, okay.
1: So only two more. <laughs> that we need to discuss. Jeez, I'm just like amazed that like this all happened within the span of like seven years. Yeah. Like Thank God that he got caught, because Mm -hmm. who knows what he he could have done going into adulthood. Right. So, April 27th,
0: 1977, Peter Jordan, different person. (laughs) Jeez. um, He was staying with some friends, the Golds, like him and his kids were at, like, his friend's house and the kids were like hanging out with the gold's kids you know it was like Mm -hmm. two families just hanging out together they were all staying the night at the gold's house um jordan was awoken to a couple of bangs and noticed and like when he woke up he like realized the room was on fire now when they say the room was on fire i can't imagine at this point it was like engulfed in flames because i feel like that would have woken him up Uh, yeah (laughs) but you know there was a fire happening. In the room he was staying in. And you can't miss that, really. Right. And this fire swept through the house rapidly. Wonder why. And even though Jordan tried to warn everyone, seven-year-old Mark Jordan, so Peter Jordan's son, and 13-year-old Deborah Hooper, which was the Gold's daughter, um, they were both killed in the fire. Jordan was blamed for having a lit cigarette in the ashtray. What? I don't know. But that's what they were like. This cigarette caused the fire. Okay. (laughs) Um. This time. Oh, yes. This time, this actually is different. He, Lee had doused the room in gas instead of paraffin.
1: Oh, are we sure this was him?
0: Well, he admitted to it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Um so then the last one before the hastings Mm -hmm. fire was january 6 1978 Uh, christine dixon who was 24 had gone to visit a neighbor Mm -hmm. um when she returned she saw that the curtains were covered in black smoke so she ran in and grabbed her baby to bring them to safety um, she went back in to save her other three children, Mark, who was five, Stephen, who was four, and Michael, who was 16 months, um, but couldn't get out in time. So the fire claimed all four of their lives. Um, but, and the, but the baby was out? The baby was out.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. And then I did read in the murder PD article, they didn't mention this in the documentary, but apparently the husband was upstairs, And he was able to
1: get out through a window. Oh, my God. But then his whole family. Except his baby. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Can't even imagine.
0: Um, The children were blamed for this fire. The dead children. Wow. Blame it on the dead kids. (laughs) Right. The easiest victims (laughs) to The two, the the three, I guess, who can't defend themselves.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: It said they were playing with lighter fluid. Lee says he felt that tingling feeling in his fingers again, settled on the Dixon's house, sprayed paraffin through the letterbox, and then lit paper on fire and slid that through to catch the paraffin on fire. So then the Hastings fire happened. Mm -hmm. Lee was caught. That's when he admitted to all these other fires. Um, So in October of 1980... Lee was charged with 26 murders and 11 counts of arson. Um, They held a trial in January 1981, and he denied all 26 murder charges, but pleaded guilty to 26 counts of manslaughter and the 11 counts of arson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry. So, he was sentenced to be detained under the Mental Health Act just forever. Yeah, that was Um, a good call. (laughs) And he was last seen out in public in twenty sixteen after being granted like a day release. Like, mm. He's still, but he's like he's not out. In. Like he's thank goodness he like, just had like here's a day.
1: I assume people went with him and didn't let him bring any para- paraffin, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, what do you think,
0: arson I don't know. or pyromaniac? I could see pyromaniac. What do you? What did you land on? I was thinking arson <sighs> Ooh. well because there was like multiple cases of him it was like he got in a fight with these people and then their house
1: was set on fire I wonder so I mean it, it doesn't when people like plead to something they don't it's not because they're necessarily like yes that's the crime that I did it's mostly like to get deals and shit like that right but like he pleaded he didn't plead to the murder charges he was like no But, yes, I plead to the manslaughter, which means it was accidental. People did die, but it Mm -hmm. was not my intent, you know, for people to die. Well, what do you think? Because, like, Uh, I know. But, I mean, my thought process (laughs) is he's, you know, he's a little slow, supposedly. So, maybe he just truly was, like... They'll get out. Like, they can leave their house. Like, even the people he wanted revenge on, he was like, I'm going to burn down their house. It wasn't like, I'm going to murder them. I'm going to burn all their things in their house. And they're going to be without a house. You know? And, like, they'll get out. Like, he he just wasn't even thinking that far ahead. You know? I don't know. The
0: fact that he was able to get away with all of these, like, no one suspected anything until the last one. Maybe he was smarter than he let people think he was. Yeah. Maybe. Because, you know, like, Arthur or Bernard, whatever his name is, the <laughs> 72-year-old man, uh-huh. like, he was spreading the paraffin around him as he slept in the living room and yeah. set it on fire. I mean, I just feel like even someone who maybe isn't all there knows knows what he's thing. doing. Yeah. He wouldn't be like, this sleeping old man who is gangrene, he'll be able to get out of the house. <laughs>
1: yeah that is definitely (laughs) definitely suspicious. and then you had the little old lady that couldn't see right so (laughs) you know I don't know I just feel like
0: too many of them were people who were you know more helpless than Mm -hmm. others or he had some bad interaction with Mm
1: -hmm. like it seems malicious yeah very intentional
0: yeah it's hard to tell. It is hard to tell. There was one one I don't remember which one it was, but when I was listening to the documentary, he was talking about there was one fire that Peter would have had to redden his bike to mm-hmm. with like a can of paraffin. And people were saying like with a deformed arm, how could he have ridden <laughs> a bike and balanced like a can of paraffin on his bike? Oh, you can do
1: it. Just put the can on the one handlebar and put germ on the other. <laughs> <laughs> it would be hard. Right.
0: For sure. But, so, yeah. I don't know. But that's Bruce George Peter Lee. The Pyromaniac <laughs> slash arsonist. <laughs> we don't know. I think arsonist.
1: I think that was, a, that was a cool one to do because, like, for mine, it was very, like, cut and dry, like, serial killer. He. Killed them in a, you know, in brutal ways. And yours is like, he set fires, and as a result, people died. So it's like a different way of thinking about serial killer. Mm-hmm. He's like a serial arsonist who, you know, people died as a result of him. Yeah. His
0: crimes. He's like still classified as a serial yeah. killer in England. And yeah. it just was like unexpected. I was like, oh, cool. Do you remember how many people Jack the Ripper killed? No. Was it a
1: lot? I don't remember.
0: I really, either.
1: I would have to look it up in my computer to sleep. So, but they were saying that's too much.
0: <laughs> they had said that like he was at least at this time like England's highest number serial killer, which I mean he did kill twenty six people. A, yeah, it is a lot. So, I mean, you know that resting home really boosted his numbers. So. <laughs> I mean, it did. Yeah, no, it didn't. It's so where he got 11. That was like 11? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if he hadn't had that one, he Big jump. not have been. But... Big jump. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Also, he, I don't know if this is true or not, but he was under an article of like serial killers you probably haven't heard of, but should have or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. I like doing those. Yeah. I don't know if they're accurate or not, but I like trying to do ones that are yeah. like, less well known. I do too. I do too. Okay, well, that was our serial Ooh, killer episode. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be a common theme or not. It's a pretty unfortunately. There's plenty to choose from. Right, it's a pretty uh pretty heavy, not heavy. What am I looking for? Saturated. There's a lot of uh, podcasts out there that talk about true crime. I see,
1: so we definitely don't need to fill that void no. because there isn't one. <laughs> nope. I do think it would be fun to cover. Um some crude true crude crude time. Crude (laughs) crime Too tired. (sighs) What is this like? Take three? True crime documentaries. (laughs) Like the one David Tennant is in or like TV shows. Yeah. So that could be fun. Okay. Whew anyway. Tea. Tea time. Tea time. Yeah. Well, you first.
0: I went first, right? Okay. Yes. So I had the Tazo Sweet Cinnamon Spice Tea.
1: Um, it was okay. <laughs> was it as spicy as it smelled? No. Okay. Oh, this has
0: licorice root in it, too.
1: Oh. I didn't good. actually
0: look at the ingredients when I talked about it last time. Um, cinnamon, licorice root, orange peel, Indian socks. Sa- <laughs> I wanted to say sarsaparilla, but there's an extra R in there. Sarsaparilla? Sar... It looks like... Whatever. <laughs> Chicory root, ruivos, natural flavors, star anise, almond extract. Okay. So, here's the thing with this one. Okay. It's not as spicy as it smelled. Um, That's and... Cool. Like when I'm drinking it, the feeling it gives me in the back of my throat is like when you rub Vicks vapor rub on your chest. <laughs> oh wow! So I don't know. I'm not really feeling it right now. Maybe if I was drinking this in like colder weather.
1: Yeah, I know it's hard. It'd be when a little it's, like, different. Sticky in here,
0: but it's July. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also just. I don't know, like, not quite as cinnamony as I thought it was going to be. It
1: seriously smells like big big red gum. I know, I but... Keep... It's so hard for me to imagine that it doesn't just taste like you're drinking
0: it. I get, like, the cinnamon aftertaste. Like, that's kind of what's in my mouth after I've swallowed the tea. Yeah. but I don't know. I'm probably going to give it, like, a... I don't know. I just feel like I'm having a hard time judging it fairly. I'm going to just say, like, a five.
1: You can always try it again in the winter. That's true. Happy medium five. Okay. Okay. Well, I had the Yogi Lemon Ginger Tea. Um, it's lemon ginger tea. <laughs> I don't remember what the brand I had before was, but I I am like 90% sure I liked it better. This is just, to me, like a little less pungent with the lemon I wish it had more lemon, mm-hmm. um, a little heavier on the ginger, but it's also, it just seems like both flavors in general are kind of weak, so it could be that I needed to use another tea bag or less water or something, so it's kind of hard to say. And but, you let that steep for a while, didn't you? Yeah, it says on here to let it steep for seven minutes. Pretty long time. And I did. Yeah. So it's but just kind of like, time. eh. It's not as flavorful as I would like for something like that. Um it wasn't bad either. I think a six out of ten was what I'd give it. It was fine. Mm-hmm. But I've had better, you know? Right. Yeah. So anyway. There you go. Alright. Well, this was our <laughs> first serial killer podcast episode. So yeah. I hope you enjoyed and <laughs> we'll possibly do more. Yeah. See. We'll see alright well you can email us at notamusepodcast at gmail.com with your topic suggestions and comments and uh, angry remarks whatever you need to say and then follow us at Podcast on Instagram we post there every other Wednesday and Sunday and sometimes Thursdays but almost never <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, rate, review, and subscribe where you can. And thanks so much for listening. Bye.